The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So for the week trending, we have our 5 of 5 and 6 at 6 host Ben Finnegan with us today, alongside Brianna Parkins of the Irish Times. And Brianna, give it to us straight. Have we lost the run of ourselves over Joe Biden's visit? We have not played it cool in the slightest. But what do you expect from a country who built a pet- memorial petrol station the last time <laughs> a US... So I think Trump came between, but the last time a US president that we liked came to visit, we built him a Supermax slash combination Papa John's, which is great. Everyone stops on the way out. It, it's a destination. Um, but yeah, we do not have a track record well, of ho- keeping it together. Hopefully there's another one of those plazas coming because <laughs> you really need something there along the uh, N5 past Winford. So maybe there might be another Supermax slash petrol station going there. there. The Speaking as a good Ross Common man here. <laughs> We're kicking off our campaign to get uh, Joe Biden Plaza for the West. Exactly, yeah. Have we lost one of ourselves, Joe? Or Ben? Joe. Joe. Uh, I don't think so. Like I saw there during the week that um, in the two years that Joe Biden has been president, this is the smallest countries he country he's come to and it's the longest trip he's made. Like... Why shouldn't we celebrate the fact that this man who, whether you like it or not, is the most powerful person in the world and he loves us. He can't get enough of us. And if he was able to stay for another week, he probably would. And it's genuine because he's been coming here regularly over the years as well. It does seem genuine. And even yesterday in the doll, like or every speech he's made, he's made some reference to this grandpop or grandma and then the Finnegans, no relation, get a mention every time. Are you sure you're not related? I'm not sure, but I'm not but going not to. Oh, I'd no. be milking well, that one. No, I, I, think, I, think, uh, I don't think any of my family has ever gone to Louth, so I think I'm fine with that. But I think we should embrace it. And why not? Because we could have a situation where there are less likable US presidents in the future and we may not want to welcome them in the future. But Ben, if an, Amer- if an, an, like an American tourist, an elderly American tourist, came over and said, my great, 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 three greats grandfather came from this part of Mary. They left in 1850, but I'm super Irish, that there wouldn't be some eye rolling and some gentle slagging behind the back, as the, is tradition. There, yeah, there would be. But the difference is that Joe Biden has been doing this for years. And <laughs> he's like, I heard somebody make the point when that was raised with them, what about the other Americans who come here? Joe Biden definitely could point us out in a map, whereas a lot of the Irish Americans who claim Irish heritage probably wouldn't be able to point us out in the map. And he's able to tell the difference between Northern Ireland and the South. He's which, not able to tell the difference between the all blacks and the black and tans though is he Brianna and I think he also said that Michal Martin was possibly from Louth I think he, he mixed up Cork and Louth as well but look and that's I, unforgivable mixing up the biggest and smallest <laughs> counties in the country I don't know who is that more insulting to the people of Louth or the people from Cork I don't know depending on which side of the fence you stand on um, but I do like I read Miriam Lord's excellent piece in, in today's Irish Times um, sort of skewering but then coming back to that whole thing of like yes it's a bit cringe but he genuinely does think of himself as Irish and he genuinely does love Ireland as sort of misguided and fuzzy as that maybe is it's still there The funniest thing I think of us losing our minds about Joe Biden coming here is the more we lose our minds 
the more the British media lose well, their minds. Jack in Galway says the best thing about Biden's visit is where the right wing press in the UK are losing their minds. You got to enjoy that. I don't even think it's the right wing press. I was listening to uh, the news agents there the other day, which I wouldn't really class as right wing, and they were like joking. Oh, do you know that Joe Biden is Irish? Oh, he's never mentioned that before. He should probably talk about that more. But then, like the, you have the GB News and the types losing their minds that he would go to. Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, which they love, and uh, the Republic. But he doesn't have the decency to show up to their king's coronation next month. So that's another bone of contention that they have. But I think it's great that, you know, we're able to kind of get one over on them. And I saw a clip on Fox News as well today where they... um, they 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 tried to portray uh, Joe Biden as offending the Irish by saying Rob Carney beat the hell out of the black and tans. Far from it. <laughs> it was one of the quotes of the century. That okay, but Brianna, what do you make of this cartoon in the Times of London, which uh, well it has Joe Biden dressed as a leprechaun with a pint in his hand and he's a teetotaler dancing a jig, and it goes I just love and then in small letters Northern. Big letters, Ireland. You've got to kind of love racism that is so old school that it's anti-Irish. Like, there are so many new races. 1860s racism. Yeah, yeah, that is like taking it back old school. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you see that kind of thing, you're like, wow, it's not even anti-Islam. It's not even, you know, anti-African migrant. Like, that's anti-Irish. That's really pulling out the history books. I mean, like... When are the Brits not at it? We know we're going to see this again. Are we even offended by it anymore? One of the things that he's definitely shown his Irish credentials for is his timekeeper. <laughs> it's very much half five for six. And I really thought that like with the Secret Service and everything, it would be to the second. But it's been remarkable how delayed he's been. Two hours late to the doll yesterday. He was even late today. He had no engagements this morning and he was still late leaving Dublin Airport for knock. Do we know why? Who knows? Like, I saw the point raised that he doesn't stop being US president while he's here. He has to still keep getting briefings on what's happening in the US. I think he's also super friendly. Do you know Mm. what I mean? I think he would stop and have the chats with people and maybe that's what delays him. But not all the dogs like him. (laughs) How could it be that the president, Michael D. Higgins' dog, didn't like him? Does that make you suspicious? It was Mishnok, right? That that puppy, the the second, the the newest one. I don't know if that's like the biggest faux pas in Ireland. Like what's the biggest disgrace? What's kind of the bellwether for if someone's a trustworthy world leader? Is it not getting barked at the dogs? Is it being liked by the dogs? What, cer- what professional ceremonial role do these dogs play? Uh, everything. Everything relies <laughs> on the dogs because I, I, may, I saw a suggestion as well that maybe him wearing his aviators going up to the dog wasn't great and he probably should have taken them off okay. that the dog couldn't see his eyes. And I'm surprised that they brought Mishnok out for that because Mishnok is two. Is he the naughty dog? He's not. He's not. Okay, yeah. He's not president and knock him over. (laughs) Exactly. And the Secret Service could have shot him. Uh, Well, yeah, sure. Uh, And Michael D has a lower centre of gravity than (laughs) Joe Biden, too. So Michael D had a big stick in his hand. So maybe Mishnock was like, oh, he's got the big stick. Yeah. Better not misbehave. Maybe. Okay, what about all the Gardaí on the streets? It has been extraordinary to watch them all in the new high vis uniforms standing. Three groups of three, not two anymore, groups of three everywhere at nearly every 
crossroads and junction and stopping so much traffic. Was that really necessary? I mean, was taping over the the bins with bin liner really necessary? That didn't look too secure. You're like, this feels like you could just lift that up and put an explosive in there if you're really trying. This is not going to stop anyone. Um, but also, I love the guy to uniform, which is sort of like a, like a high-vis polo kind of job. It doesn't look that intimidating. They look like they're, would, they're sort of helpful city guides who would show you around if you were lost. Do you know what I mean? So to me, it didn't feel all that intimidating. It wasn't, you know, um, sort of a, a show of strength to me. And- as a foreigner. And despite going to all those lengths of security, like the, the deli in Dundalk, which had to go through airport style security to be able to give him a jam bon or whatever <laughs> it was. Uh, and then last minute, they decide, actually, let's not take the helicopter to Louth. Let's go by the M1. Like, obviously, they had worked through that and um, had planned for that. But I thought it was remarkable, particularly for the Gardaí who wouldn't normally have to deal with a 30-vehicle-strong motorcade to be able to uh, keep traffic moving on the M1 and get the US president an hour up the road, which I thought was remarkable. Listener says, not that there have been any cartoons of Boris Johnson caricatures in the Irish media. There haven't been any that have been racial, racial stereotyping. There's a big difference between a caricature of a public figure and putting that person into racist dress or uh, racist comment. Unless you find somebody dressing somebody up as a clown as being racial towards British people. <laughs> or insulting to clowns. Well. <laughs> I have seen though Boris Johnson have that sort of British, like, warmed ham-like complexion, which could be described as sort of a little bit on the nose. In terms we have of... that too, so it's <laughs> fine. Okay. Well, actually, speaking of British, we're near the coronation of Charles as king. And uh, as we've heard from Ben, Brianna, Joe Biden isn't going to that, which the British apparently are a bit annoyed about. But another American who isn't going is Meghan Markle, who, of course, is the mother of two of Charles's grandchildren. So it was this big question hanging over the coronation for any kind of fans of the crown or just sort of people like me who look at this as like a real life soap opera. Um, And the big question was, will Harry show his face after the after he published his book with some sort of, you know, very, very testy accusations, the revelations about um, himself and his brother getting into uh, fisticuffs, which to me is hilarious, those two princes rolling around on the floor. Um, But also what he said about his stepmother, the future queen. So you could always imagine it would be a really, really awkward reunion, kind of like, you know, a night after a wedding where maybe some things are said and you've got to show up the next morning at breakfast and apologise to your great uncle about um, accusing him. Speaking from experience? No, no, I'm actually, we're not so bad. I haven't been on the receiving end yet, um, but there's still time. Uh, So everyone's kind of looking like, oh, will they go, will they not go? They didn't RSVP in in time, it's his dad, but they didn't uh, answer by the cutoff date. So people were very, you know, the the British press made a big deal about how disrespectful this was. And then the news came out that Meghan was going to remain home with the children. And to be honest, I don't blame her. If I had young children, I would not be taking them into that environment, not so much for the family members, but just for the press and all the, the stuff that goes around it. It's Archie's birthday too. Um, Charles' grandson. So Harry's not going to be there for his fourth birthday. And I saw today as well that Sarah Ferguson hasn't been invited. That's so very poor form now. It's not exactly even Fergie. more so than than Meghan Markle. I can understand why the royals may not want her within an ass's roar of the place. But like Sarah Ferguson, I mean, has been fairness, around. she hasn't done anything like her ex husband Andrew has done. 
And he'd be there. I mean, she did promise access to the royal family in like a sort of pay for play. Oh, that's right. She was caught out doing that. So she... But in fairness, Charles himself has taken bundles of money from the Middle East. And it it doesn't seem as well that Harry is going to partake in all the engagements that other guests will be taking part in. He's just going to be there for the the little hat going on Charles's head and that'll be about it, I think. There's going to be a bit of crack, isn't it, watching just his behaviour at the actual event. Oh, it's just going to be, you know, will he get to stand on the balcony? They didn't for the Queen's Jubilee. There's all these bizarre protocols around who can and can't wear military uniform, for example, which is pretty offensive to Harry, who did actually but serve we're not going in to be in a posi- we're not going to be in a position to mock, though, are we, given the way we have just treated <laughs> Joe Biden's arrival in the United, from the United States, dear? Or will we, Ben? Why not? <laughs> I say, why not? We love a bit uh, of hypocrisy. Exactly. Like this is like, uh, you know, you could be, you could argue that he could go like his mother for 25 years. So, uh, or to the age that she was. So, you know, this could be a once in a generation event to be able to to mock the, the procedure and all that. We have more of the week trending with Ben Finnegan and Brianna Parkins when we come back after this. So we're continuing the week trending with Ben Finnegan and Brianna Parkins from the Irish Times. Brianna, have you ever been at a Tupperware party? Have I ever? I grew up with the fear of God put into me if I lost one of my mum's Tupperware containers or worse, the lid. He brought back just the container but didn't bring back the lid. I swear there was a stage my mum knew where all her Tupperware containers were but not her children. Like she was so protective of these things because they absolutely lasted for, like I think we've got Tupperware containers as old as me still in the house. Now the problem is they can't service their loans um, now, the downturn in income and the downturn in customers buying Tupperware has been put again at the feet of millennials. Millennials and Gen Z are responsible for the collapse of so many things. And Tupperware is one of them because apparently younger people are embracing cheaper and more environmentally friendly products and so maybe, maybe moving away from the plastics. So, but, OK, yes, it is plastic. But given that it lasts for so long, isn't that at least better than using single use unreusable materials to keep stuff in. Exactly. But I think no one likes, you know, when you put like an orange or a red pasta sauce and it just dyes the Tupperware container, like the colour of Donald Trump's skin and you're just like, oh, I don't want to touch that again. Um, But I also think it's because it did last so long and women, middle-aged women like my mum, was so protective around it that maybe they didn't replace it and buy as much as you would another container. So maybe it's a victim of its own success. But I asked you, were you aware of the so-called Tupperware parties? Yes, Sorry. We did. I had Tupperware parties growing up um, and there was also Avon parties. I don't know if Avon was a big thing in Ireland. Ben is looking utterly confused, but I don't think they were that big, but I know what you mean. You better explain it though to a generation like Ben who's (laughs) utterly baffled. I guess the the modern day equivalent is those awful um, sort of multi-level marketing schemes. But these were genuinely ways for women to make money. The, The pricing structure, you could actually make a decent sideline income. So you would call up all your girlfriends around or you'd become a Tupperware or an Avon rep and you'd throw parties and you'd be like, you'd get all your friends around with the Prosecco and I don't know if it was Prosecco back then, but definitely those awful cube cheese and like bits of Cabanossi, which was so fancy. And you would all gather together in someone's house and you would go through the range of products and it'd be like, this container you can store spaghetti in and this one you can, you know. It's an Irish phenomenon uh, too. It was international. It happened in Ireland, yeah. Maybe not in Roscommon, but it did happen around Ireland. And you'd just end up drinking so much and getting a bit giddy that you'd come out with like a hundred euro worth of Tupperware, mate. 
maybe, um, that your mum would store forever and you'd be on the pains of death on losing it. Um, and that was that was sort of a really Trying interesting... Trying desperately not to put bolognese into it. Yeah, but it was seen as those Avon, there was, you could do like lingerie parties, you could do perfume parties, it kind of branched out into other things, but it was a really sort of one of the 1950s America, yeah. really, that it came from. I think you're being, like the, the idea of uh, millennials going for more sustainable options has kind of led to the near collapse of Tupperware. I don't know, like... From my perspective, anyway, the reason why I have, I w- I'd call them a lunchbox as as opposed to Tupperware. <laughs> the, the reason why I wouldn't have ever bought a lunchbox is because if on the weekend you get a Chinese or an Indian, you get a plastic lunchbox. Oh, ben, they're it. no good. I hate those. This is an ongoing battle. They in do my, the job. No, this is an ongoing battle in my house about saving those shitty containers that break and crack in two seconds. No, just buy one proper Tupperware. It's way more environmentally friendly. Well, actually, there's another listener saying, though, were the Tupperware parties not a front for Anne Summers' parties back <laughs> in the day with the men being banished from the house? Oh, OK. So I didn't know because we didn't really have Anne Summers as a brand. But maybe, maybe it was like too scandalous to have a, a lingerie party. So you lied and some, said something was really boring like Tupperware to, to scare off the men folk. I like that idea, actually. I certainly wouldn't have been enticed into a Tupperware party now anyway. OK. Uh, tell us about uh, back to school Botox. Ben? Yeah, this seems to be a new phenomenon. I wasn't aware of it until uh, fairly recently where there's advertisements in the UK for mothers to get back to school Botox for when they're dropping kids to the school gates. The ads for it have been banned in the UK as it exploited women's insecurities about their bodies and the ageing process. Now, apparently, in research that was done, uh, over a quarter of women say that the COVID lockdowns aged them. I think it aged everyone and the three quarters of people are lying. But it just seems like a weird phenomenon and keeping up with the Joneses at one stage, the Kardashians now. And I don't know if, like, I'd say it would be certain uh, air codes in Ireland who may be uh, thinking about the idea of back to school Botox. I certainly wouldn't think it would be catching on in Roscommon. Do you think it's like a sort of like a posher, yummy mummy phenomenon? Sure. Is that where you're laying on the yeah, table? Yeah, Dublin 6. I would say it's everywhere. Like I live in in the inner city of Dublin and I see, you know, uh, like eyebrow places offering injectables. I think it's actually widespread now. Yeah, it kind of has come like you can't like every young woman now, it seems, has lip fillers or some sort of thing into their face. So it. Careful now, Ben, you could sound like an old fella saying things like that. <laughs> the young no. ones. <laughs> the, the young They're ones fillers. around with their fillers and wearing half nothing. And uh, But it seems it just has become more socially acceptable to uh, get work done. And sure, it probably is. I'm not au fait with the whole thing. I'd say it is more commonplace, but the language, it wasn't just sort of talking about, you know, it, more people turning to injectables. And I like my personal stance is great. If that's what you want to do to feel good and that's what you have the money to spend on, great. You can do whatever you want to face. I don't care. Um, but the language was if you want to be one of those mums who dazzles at the school mm. gate. And it was kind, and this is what the Ad Standards Authority banned it on, on was, you know, this pressure on women and this weird competitive school gate culture that I I have heard from friends exists about you have to turn up in a certain outfit and make sure that you've got, got your pajamas. My mum used to she's a Lorraine was a big wearing of slippers to the school gates. If she actually bothered to, to pick us up from school, we walked most of the time. 
Well, here's a here's a I'm going to put my John Gibbons hat on. Here's a solution to the uh, the the jealousy or whatever the school get your kids to cycle to school and you don't have to go at all. Yeah. Or walk themselves to school. Exactly, off with you. Old-fashioned child neglect. (laughs) It's not child neglect. When I was in Tokyo recently, I couldn't get over the small children getting onto the tubes on their own. I was asking about it. It's entirely natural. Children seven, eight and nine finding their own way around, getting onto the tubes on their own, perfectly safe, not needing to be guided around by adults. But that's just a societal thing that they've decided in Japan that as a society, they kind of protect the children around them. And I was talking to you about the, the idea of these yellow hats on very young children, like yeah. as young as four, who are walking themselves to school. And if you see these yellow hats or yellow bags, you just know that that is a vulnerable child who is out by themselves. But like in Ireland, if I was walking down the street in Dublin and I saw a six-year-old child, I'd be looking around, where's that Where's that child's parents? <laughs> okay, and okay, just then talking, something else actually, Ben, that I know you were interested in, South Korea giving an allowance to reclusive youths, paying them to leave the house. Yeah, this seems extreme at first glance, but then when you actually read into it, um, there seems to be an issue with... Um, it seems to be related to the cost of living that the South Korean government are going to offer 450 euro to... The equivalent of, yes. The equivalent of 450 euro to... Uh, that'd be a bit awkward if they were giving them euros in South <laughs> Korea. Um, to, to leave the house and to go to school, work or um, other settings like that. It's not even to send them out on a night out um, because they're finding that there's a lot of young people who are finding it difficult to leave the house and it's apparently a condition that they've put a Japanese word on that I'm not going to be able to pronounce which translates to pull back from society. Which I wonder how much of that is down to COVID lockdowns as well. It could be but it seems to be the cost of living that a lot of people from uh, financial backgrounds, disadvantaged backgrounds are struggling to be able to leave the house because they can't afford it. So the idea is that this extra money might Enticed what do you make of this, Brianna? Uh, Hikikomori. I'm, I think that's the how you there say you it. Very impressive. Oh, yeah, that, that year seven Japanese is really paying off. <laughs> um, uh, so this phenomenon of, of uh, people in um, uh, South Korea and also Japan of not leaving the house, young people, just hopelessness has been going on for a bit longer than COVID. It's been, I think COVID might have exacerbated it. But also in these measures is you've got that allowance, but they will also pay for cosmetic procedures for things like scar removal or other things that people might feel self-conscious about, so they will leave the house. Um, and South Korea is just not doing this out of the goodness of their own heart. They've got one of the lowest birth rates in the world um, because people are not <laughs> shacking up, getting married, reproducing. Um, so they're trying to push that to be like, get out of your parents' house, please have children. Otherwise, we're doomed. Okay, one final one. Um, what's this about uh, people have been told not to post holiday updates on social media? Brianna. There's been a 13% increase in burglaries, apparently, in Dublin. Um, Mayo saw a 33% increase and Kerry was 28. So I think Dublin might have had more there. But this is from people, um, they think, from posting that they're going on holidays, putting up lovely shots of them around the pool in Lanzarote. Burglars then know that they're not home and that their house is a sitting duck, essentially. So wait till you get home, Ben, from your holidays before you post any pictures. Yeah, I was ne- I'd be too uh, conscious of doing that anyway. But I have nothing at home for anyone to rob but I wouldn't <laughs> so be. he says but like like, is, is this people who are like, uh, like are they posting their address too that by the way the the, uh, the that the house is empty and there's kind of um, 
Peter Kay esque um, advice in the in in this piece, where leave a light on, leave a light on for ten days. All right, what your bill be like by the time you get back? Exactly, we're living in a climate crisis here. Um, Turn your alarm on at home. Interesting. This this came from research carried out by an alarm company. So I wonder what they're trying to get you to do there. Check the windows and doors. That's a good idea. Maybe lock your door before you go on holidays for ten days. Don't leave spare keys outside. Who's doing that in this day and age? You know what, though? I think Irish people are on the whole less security conscious, like just generally living with Irish people, housemates, partners, whatever. Um, And it comes down to the fact that a lot of people from the country leave their back doors wide open, whereas I have my house like Fort Knox. Not wide open, it's just not locked. It's just not locked, which is (laughs) wide open to me and terrifying. That is asking to be burgled. Brianna Parkins from the Irish Times. Ben Finnegan, who of course does our 5 of 5 and 6 of 6 daily here on The Last Word of Today FM and who'll be back in just a few moments. Thank you both very much for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.